You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And we are going to talk today about women in the workplace. Good things, bad things, what's going on? Misha, you have some thoughts on that. Oh, my goodness. Do I have thoughts on women in the workplace? Just the the whole idea of us being in a position where we are um, more educated. Um, we are um, in a position where we can, um, as the book says, lean in. Um, we can um, negotiate salaries. Um, we can make choices that I believe that years ago, um, women who were um, going out to work um, had to first seek permission from their husbands and um, then um, more than likely didn't get paid anything um, that they were close to what they should have been getting paid. There's a lot to talk about with regards to women in the workplace, how they see themselves, um, how we um, how we carry ourselves from um, conducting ourselves to how we dress, how we everything. It's amazing today um, what I am seeing with regards to women in the workplace and what they're willing to do. And in some cases, not willing to do for a paycheck. What types of things do you see that, that you're talking about there with, with what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do? I, I think women in the workplace are fantastic to have. Uh, I think it's opened up a lot of doors for women. I, I have a few mixed feelings about it because I also think that we took a lot of women out of the home that would have been better for their children, raising their children, and understand the finances of it. Certainly, I'm a woman who's worked since I was 15 years old, so I understand that. But um, I don't know, I have kind of mixed feelings about about women in the workplace. Barbara, what do you think? Well, I think that was such an interesting point that you just raised, because I actually was tapped to chair a work and family task force for a large regional bank back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I was working with a professor of sociology who had studied this topic. And I asked the question to this professor, which children have the better outcomes? Children whose mothers work or children whose mothers don't work? And her answer was really interesting. She said that it's children whose mothers were happy. It's not about that. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the mother works or the mother doesn't work. It matters if the mother is happy. So if being part of the workforce is what drives that happiness, then that is what fosters those outcomes. Well, I agree with that. Oh yeah. That that's, that's very interesting. That's very awesome. I, I was a single mom for a while and I worked three jobs. And interestingly enough, um, I don't know that I was very happy. (laughs) I worked hard. Um, I actually was having a conversation with a young mother today 
um, in a in a doctor's office, in a surgeon's office, who has four children, and she also has three jobs. Um, and you know, you can see it, the countenance all over her body, her face, her everything. And and we had this conversation, you know. Um, and I said, you know, you're so young, you cannot work yourself to death working these part-time jobs, trying to spend time with your children. But I like that. I like the idea of the mothers that are happy. I know for me, happiness was making sure that my children were provided for everything that they would need. Um, but as I say, I'm with me now, you know, I'm 56 now, I'm older than 20s and 30s and, um, and being in the workplace and seeing, just seeing the countenance, seeing the conversations, hearing the conversations um, and watching different things and thinking, wow, it's, it is really a different a different way. Um, um, women are definitely being promoted into leadership positions that are amazing, but I still don't know that they're getting paid what a man in that same position would be getting paid. Um, I don't even know sometimes if women all know exactly what to ask for with regards to 401ks, with regards to vacation time, with regards to sick days. I don't know if they know how to negotiate jobs. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think your questions are really good because it's something that we study at our company all the time. What are competitive benefits? What, what are the expectations out in the workforce? And I think one of the things that we're learning is that there are certain benefits that are becoming more commonplace. And some of those things are paid maternity leave, as an example. That was something that I was shocked to learn is a very offered by a very small percentage of companies across America. And an even smaller percentage offers paid paternity leaves. And when you start talking about mothers in the workplace, Many people don't understand the importance of paid paternity leave because for the fathers to be there to support the mothers, especially in those first couple of weeks, it's really critical because that's all part of the pieces of the puzzle. And I'll say one other thing about women in the workplace. You know, we're talking so much about women working for companies, being employees, but the other piece of that is that women are opening new businesses at a staggeringly high rate relative to men because they need more options. They need to balance their lives. And I think that's giving them a little more control over what is offered to them. Yeah, I think and the, I hear the word control. I know for me and particularly the word for me and for some of the, the women that I kind of deal with and we talk to, we mentor, we encourage one another, it's it's a significance, it's essential, it's something that is theirs, um, that is not vicariously through someone else. Having your own business, opening your own business, um, leading other people, sharing. Um, one of my cousins is, is a mortgage broker and we talk about wanting to share the knowledge share the experiences that we have had with the rest of our cousins, our siblings that are yet to come up and go out into working and being entrepreneurs. So definitely that sounds, that's exciting. Definitely. I, I love the idea um, of anyone having and owning their own business and, and then knowing how to, to positively 
be an impact with regards to running that like Linda? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I've done both and, and I've done uh, working for uh, agencies uh, in the police department. I've done working for other employers, both, you know, in the industry that I'm in. And I have uh, ultimately chose at, at, some point 25 years ago to have my own business. I liked the business I was in. I didn't like the way that the people that were doing the business that I worked for ran the businesses. And uh, at that time, I was a single mother. And at that time, it, it was about my being able to control my time. Although I had pretty I had it pretty easy with time as far as raising kids because I was a commission sales rep. So I, my time was really kind of my own anyway. It was about performance. It wasn't about time. Mm-hmm. So, but the same thing with your own business, although that then, and to this day has taken more time than working for someone else, but it, but it also is time that's mine to choose when I work. So, so I love that about owning my own business and and I love that the the people that work for me, um, I give them a gift that big companies don't give them, which is, hey, I I get that you have kids that you want to go see them play in Little League, or you want to go to see them get an award at school, or you want to go to their play, or or their your your child needs to be picked up from school and they're sick, or whatever it is family happens, right? So so they have the freedom to do all of those things. And it's just, hey, make up that time when it's convenient for you to do it. Okay, that's all. You know, give me my 40 hours. That's all I'm asking. And you you do it how it works best for you. And, you know, that is, you know, but you know, Linda, that right there Mm -hmm. is something only in most cases, a woman would know to do. You know, and and that's the beauty of having great leaders, great female leaders in position, whether it's work and the government or anything else is we we do come from a place of being an empath of a place of being. Listen, I know what I was dealing with with my children or, or with babysitters or with time off, all those different things. I think that's why. I just think we should be running the country. Um. <laughs> well, well, now let's talk about that, ladies, because I do have something to say about that. My my belief is that that women are the people that are the the moral compass of the men that they're with, the men that they're around, and how we allow those men to behave is how they're going to behave, and what we don't accept they won't do. I think women control a lot more than they think they do. And they are not using that efficiently or well, because look at the mess we're in, in this country, but women can make the change, whether they should be controlling the country. You know what? I don't care if it's a man or a woman who controls the country. What, What I care about is that that person is a person person of ethics and character, no matter what they are. And the same thing in business, um, women do have a different perception. And I think that that I want to get into that in, in a later segment in the show of how 
things should run. But that's not to say that men can't do that. But along the way, and you might disagree with me, I think that women have castrated men in the workplace mm-hmm. in many Ooh. ways. And I don't Preach think that, 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 that that's a good thing to happen. It's not a good thing to happen. And to Barbara's point about more women starting businesses than men, I'm not sure that I think that that's a good thing to be happening either. I don't think it's a bad thing, but but I don't celebrate it the way a lot of women do because I I, I see men backing off being the men that they were when when I was growing up, when my dad supported the family and my dad took care of my mom, I'm not seeing that today. Uh, Barbara, what do you think? Well, it's interesting because I think of the phrase, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Oh, and yeah. I believe that it all depends on how we lay that foundation. To your point, how do we treat others around us? What are the morals, the values that we instill? And I believe that it's just all about balance in life. I think it's about making sure that whatever we do, we do it with integrity. We do it with Mm -hmm. the dignity of everyone Mm -hmm. in mind. That's part of the equation. And we do it for the common good. And for me, what I see is I look at my son who just had a baby. And I can tell you this, that when I had my children, my husband was not that involved, but my son is far more involved in the raising of the child in a very good, positive, hands-on way. And both he and his wife work. And I love it. I love seeing that. Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I don't, I'm just so different when it comes to the thought process as far as if the woman works and makes more money and the man stays home and he is the one who's taking care of home. That is, especially in America, that is like really, really not a popular thing for a man to stay home and to be a house dad or to be a house parent. Um, I can remember mentoring one young lady and she was like, she said, I am just, and it just, made my skin crawl. She said, I'm just a mother. I, I, I stay at home all day. And I, and I said, do you understand how many things you do from home? And I said, you are not just a mother. You are a domesticated engineer and no one really can afford to pay you for all the things you do. So don't think that your job being at home, as you're talking about, Miss Linda, is less than someone who is getting up and getting dressed and putting on the clothes or whatever that are required and going into the workplace and dealing with that day and then coming home and taking that off. And don't feel that way. Don't think that way. But I totally agree. The moral compass is so important in any workplace. What I'm finding for me in particular is I go out now and unlike some of my ladies, my sisters, my friends, I like my gray hair and I am being told that I need to cover my gray. I don't want to cover my gray hair. (laughs) I I like my gray hair. (laughs) And then I'm being referred to as the grandmother or the mother in the office or something like that. And I'm like, but wait a minute, I'm aging gracefully. And I like me with my gray hair. Um, I I do wear my hair in locks um, and I'm okay with it. But even with that, for some people, it's, it makes them feel uncomfortable. 
and they want to say something about it. I'm like, guys, listen, you know, let me, let me age gracefully. I'm here to do a job. I will do my job well. I'll represent the company well. I want to know one of the first things I do in going into place is know the mission and the vision of that company. Find out from that where and how to begin to communicate. Um, But yeah, but today's time in today's world, I don't know, Miss Linda, if you have it in your business or if you have it, Miss Barbara, in yours, but you know, some of these ladies out here today, you know, with these. BBLs and BBDs and the this and the that. And I'm like, whoa. And I mean, they're just hurting themselves, in my opinion. Um, I tell people who who's, who do not work, I say, you have an all of the time job. Your job never stops. That's number one. Number two, what I find fascinating is when I was in the workforce um, originally back in the 80s and 90s, I'm still in the workforce today. But back in those days, most people would address everything to the men in the room. That was my experience, particularly in the world of banking. They would look right at the men. And that's all changing. And I celebrate that that's changing. That's awesome. Well, here, here's, here's another change. We're going to be right back. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off, and I'd like to introduce our host today. We are here today with Misha, and Misha Woodruff Cooper is a Well, she's a whole lot of things. She lives in the Williamsburg, Virginia area, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. I was just there recently, and I I just really liked it, Misha. Um, She has a couple of degrees from Liberty University and Townsend in the areas of theology, criminology, criminal justice, 
And she is an author and a singer. And oh my gosh, she's just got a resume that that doesn't stop. She does a lot of um, uh, missionary work around the world in places like Africa, Trinidad, Tobago. Uh, She is a mom. And what else can I say, Misha? You've done it all, girl. (laughs) I am a hybrid version of humanity. I love the world. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to put it. And and we're here with Barbara Lacar. And Barbara is a uh, CEO of a uh, national, actually an international company who uh, is perfect for this conversation because she employs so many women and uh, really has her finger on the pulse of uh, talking with women and has done many, many um, seminars where women really have the opportunity to speak about what they do and what they do best as women in the workplace. And I think it's fascinating. Um, I have been privileged to be on that board with her uh, in the past. And Barbara Hales from Florida. So Barbara, thank you for being here. And I am Linda Martinelli. I am also a business owner, um, certainly not on a worldwide basis or anything, but I am uh, also the host along with my husband, Dr. Ron Martinelli, of Talking While Married right here on America Out Loud every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us there as well. And I am a mom of uh, three and I am a wife. So there you go. And I hail from Texas. Uh, ladies, we're talking about women in the workplace, which is a pretty fascinating subject because there is, it's just... Uh, so different than it was, say, when I was growing up, and there weren't as many women in the workplace, and the women that were in the workplace worked because they really, you know, they they had to to survive. They Maybe they were single. They didn't have um, a husband to support them, and I grew up in a family, that the, the traditional type of family at that time, where my dad supported uh, the family, and my mom stayed home and took care of the kids, and uh, when I then grew up and had my own kids, I have worked the entire time. So I've kind of seen it both ways as we probably all three have. And I've seen it change a lot. But I want to say about women in the workplace, something that that I feel strongly about, you know, we hear a lot about the glass ceiling, right? The glass ceiling that's holding us down. And I have to say that it's not something that I have ever seen. I I just don't even think about it. It never occurs to me that that's there. If it were there wherever I was, I wouldn't be there. And I think that a lot of um, how how we uh, get what we get in the workplace or what we get out of the workplace is based on, first of all, what we put into it. That's first. And secondly, yeah, secondly, it's how we conduct ourselves. It's it's our, the way that we act and the way that we perform makes a huge difference on how we're treated. And, and I, I don't know that I think that that's wrong because I, of course we should never be treated badly, but I'm saying that it's, it's kind of like every place else in life. You kind of get out of it, what you put into it. There are terrible employers don't work for them, you know, um, there, there, there are answers to everything, but what I don't like hearing is when, when women feel um, that we are somehow less in the workplace. And I, I don't 
I don't feel that. And I don't believe it. Uh, and I never, and I never have. So I, I, w- I want to talk about that a little bit with both of you. That that's definitely a trigger for me. Um, um, it's, you know, coming out of and working in environments where I literally, the senior uh, sales managers were both male um, and dealing with personalities of uh, um, lots of ego um, lots of um, narcissism or misogynistic behavior and having a staff majority of women. But um, as Miss Barbara was saying earlier, the men were the decision makers. Um, and in some cases referred to the women, which got under my skin and got my goat quite a bit as their girls. Come on now. I want you to be my number one girl. You have to be my number one sales girl this month. Um, you know, come on girl. And I, for me, um, it just, it never sat right with me. Um, and I am about women. I'm, I'm about women, empowering women, educating us, enlightening us, equipping us so that we can do, um, what we need to do, whether we have a man, a husband, um, a partner or whatever, or not, because life still goes on. And, um, I, I still see that. I see that sometimes and it really gets to me and I'm thinking, and then I see those women, unfortunately, turn on one another. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, wait a minute, are we on a sales floor for a particular product or are we selling something that people sell out on the streets somewhere? And because it just looks like it just literally looks like it, um, women are in some places and in some cases being pimped and prostituted um, as they are getting dressed, leaving their homes, leaving their children, leaving their um, places of safety to go into a workplace. And there are people that are in leadership who are um, psychologically, mentally, or emotionally using them um, to get the numbers, but never really seeing them as people who are putting forth an effort to do great jobs. That's what I'm seeing um, with regards to the moral compass and what they're willing to do and how they're willing to do it and how many women, instead of being a support to one another, being an advocate to one another, are turning on one another. And that's very sad. You know what? I, I, I want to ask Barbara this question because what, what you bring up is a good point. There, there are seriously just some people in the workplace as in everywhere in life that are just jerks. I mean, can we all agree on that? They're just, are some totally. Okay. So Barbara, when you have a situation like that and you see a man being overbearing or have you seen it where, where they're overbearing on the women in their department and they're treating them kind of as, um, I don't know what would the word be chattel or something. I don't know what the word would be, um, to, to, but less than what, what they are. Um, what do you do? Yeah, great question. So I'd like to kind of back up a little bit because as Misha was talking, it, it reminded me of my early days in banking. So if, if we go back to the late eighties, early nineties, I remember I was working in large corporate lending with some of the Fortune 10 that were housed up in Michigan, the big three, GM, Ford, Chrysler, et cetera. And our group was invited to the economic club for a luncheon. And it was really interesting because 
I was told, well, you're really lucky that this is your first year because last year, all of the women had to sit in the bar. They weren't allowed to sit in the luncheon and hear directly from the head of the economics department. They had to sit and watch it on closed caption TV. So I've, I know that there have been times in the corporate world where women have not had the same level of respect or been raised to the same level. Now, what I observed over the last few decades is that that has changed pretty dramatically. And most companies that are worth anything in terms of having their priorities in line will not tolerate it if they are aware of it. And so my recommendation to women is if they ever feel that they are not being treated fairly or equally, or they're being disrespected, they should absolutely speak up and let their HR department know, let their manager know, and be very clear about it. Because we would absolutely not tolerate it at my company ever. And I think all strong, good companies today will not put up with it. That sounds amazing. That That is absolutely something that's definitely needed. You would be amazed at how many women are afraid to speak up. It is just, even in this day, today, they are afraid to speak up. I actually had a lady say, Miss Misha, you're like the voice for all of us. You're the spokesperson for all of us um, in a situation that I experienced. And I said, wait a minute, I don't want to be the spokesperson for everyone. You need to know how to speak for yourself. There's, there are policies and procedures. There are things in place. And you need to understand that you are a woman of worth. You bring something. You add something. This company is better because you are here. Why don't you see that? And it's, I think we're in a place today in the corporate world that people understand that these things do happen, that it is a reality, but it should never be tolerated. And you said something also that I agree with, which is that women really need to also embrace other women and help lift them up. If you think about that whole concept of the good old boy network and how that went on for so centuries, really, if you think about it. And I think today, it's if we all treat each other as equal, no matter what our genders are, no matter what our backgrounds are, it shouldn't matter. And I think that that we do a service to one another when we really think of how do we lift each other up? How do we support each other? How do we pay it forward? And I'm a huge believer in that. I think that that is absolutely a wonderful thing to say. I talked to a woman on a Ladies of Liberty show just recently, and she was talking about her uh, way that she handles running three different companies and a ranch. And, you know, she, she's very, um, she's very godly woman. And she said, you know, it, it is incumbent on all of us, men and women, it doesn't matter which you are to go to work for your employer and give them your best effort every single day, 
and every minute that you are there, that is your job to do. And I so agree with that because it was really interesting to listen from her perspective about the people that work for her, that that she sees herself as um, a servant, a, a servant of God. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can be a leader, but but she says that she's always maintained her servant's heart. Well, her leading the way that she does with her companies is so interesting to watch because her employees will give her every minute of every day. You know, that's, that's, they, they give their full effort. And it's, you know why? I think it you know takes why a great leader. Yes. And, and that's it. And yes. And, and, and I think that so much of us today are willing to uh, do the least we can do. And man, you know what really bothers me? I see that in government offices everywhere, uh, DMVs, state offices, federal offices, no matter what they are, they, they just don't want to, they, they take three times as long to do a job as we do in the private industry. And, and they, they just kind of milk their job all day long. And I, I just can't stand it. It, 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 your self-worth means something and, and how you see yourself and how others see you means something. And to do the right thing when nobody's looking, when nobody is looking, when no one is around. And I just, it goes back to that moral compass. It goes back to ethics. It goes back to training, parenting. It goes back to who are you exactly when no one is looking, you know, I just, this is just definitely exactly what, what I believe and what I feel, you know, um, it used to be a time when you, (laughs) when you went to work, you didn't get to work at the time that you were supposed to be there. You got there 20 minutes, 30 minutes early. So you could prepare yourself for the day. Well, when I did that, it was like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to show everybody up. No, um, I'm preparing myself for the day or you stayed a little later to prepare for the next day. That's all. Well, make sure you're not on the clock. Make sure you clock out. You know, it's just it's a it's a different world with regards to things. Um, I'll go back to my cousin just for a moment. She's a mortgage broker for a bank and she's so comfortable being at home now because of in light of covid. You know, they went home and so she's working remotely. And I finally said to her. Um, I said, you know, Teresa, you're going to have to get out. You, you need to get out of your, your house, go, go do something, you know, because you've gotten so comfortable being inside your home, go, go to the park, go do something, you know, because I believe that the social part of a person suffers, um, me personally, um, if you just stay inside and you're used to working with people, there's just so much that we add to one another. There's so much that we learn that we glean from. Um, and I love being in, in diverse groups of people, you know, and I love being able to in, embrace and interact with them, but I don't like it when people, um, take that and use it against someone, And, um, and I don't know, maybe I, maybe I'm off key here, but I just feel like in any major company, um, if it's banking, if it's, um, hotel sales, whatever the case may be, I believe that there needs to be a balance in the leadership of both male and female, um, who, um, who will have that, um, so that when the decision is 
made, whatever decision is made, it's made um, cohesively so that it benefits everyone. I don't think that, I think there's something majorly wrong with having 10 women work in an office and two men be the leaders over those women. Um, it just, it doesn't resonate well. Yeah, I could see how you feel there. Um, so then you, you know, in, in a situation like that, that's a time that somebody might want to look at making a change and then that's what they have to do. Um, well, I have a strong opinion. Yeah, too. I love in, strong opinions. That in certain <laughs> cases, I think there should be female leaders. I'll give you an example. I think for an all girls high school, I think the president should be a woman. I think that there are times that it's really important that our next generation sees that women can be strong leaders and they have those role models. And those things really matter to me, especially for the up and coming generation. That's yes. very important to me. Yes, I totally agree. I totally, it's so important that, that young girls know that they can truly, truly do and be whatever they choose to be. It's okay to be an airline pilot. It's okay to work um, and want to be, to go to the moon. It's okay to want to be a mechanic. It's okay to drive trucks. It's okay, you know, to do those, what most people would see as non-traditional jobs. Um, and, and none of that takes away from you being a lady and being feminine and being a mother and being a wife, it adds to it. Uh, I loved working um, at a particular company um, years ago. And every once in a while, I'll go back part-time. I used to do it. I subsidized um, income during the holidays to work there. And they sold car parts. And people were always saying, why are you working in here? And I said, because I need to know car parts just like you know car parts. Because when I go to a mechanic, I want to be able to know the nomenclature that he's using and talk to him like you do, you know, because the majority of people that go into those places are men, you know, so non-traditional jobs, I think I'm work. I like the, I like the word work better than job. Job for me is just over broke, but work is something that comes with benefits and something that comes with an experience that you can not only use for you, but share with others. And I just, uh, my prayer more than anything is that women understand that we are essential, that we matter, that we're important, whether we're home or we're in the workplace and to just be kinder and nicer and more gent gentler to one another and more supportive. Yeah, that's where I stand with that. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. 
People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I love the fact that we live in a world today that my daughter-in-law can feel good about having a job, having a career, that she can feel good about asking her husband to help and expecting certain things from him to support her career just as much as she's supporting his. That's really important to me. That's beautiful. That's exactly right. That's that's when you become a team and and you're working and you're recognizing that we need one another to get this job done, to get this work done and to enhance one another. Nothing better than having someone support you in that manner. I totally agree. I totally agree. I agree, too. But, you know, I want to make sure that that we don't um, confuse that men and women are still different. Right. And they, they have different things to offer, which is why a team of being married and a team raising children works so well, because men and women are different. That's how we were made. And the same thing in the workplace, men bring different things than women bring, and women bring different things than men bring. So that team effort is what really makes the world work in everything that, that we have different uh, types of skills, different, different ways of approaching things. We, it's kind of the Venus Mars thing. We see things from a little bit different perspective, each of us, and that makes the magic work. So we all need to respect that about each other. And we're not clones of each other, but we enhance each other. I, and I love what you're saying to Linda, because I think being able to work with men and women in the workplace, it really lays the table for true friendships Mm -hmm. between men and women. I find that by working with men, it's a very safe place to have friendships. And I enjoy my friendships with both men and women. And if I didn't go to work every day, and if I didn't have my company, I'm not so sure I'd have that opportunity. So I appreciate that. I totally, I, I believe that there needs to be a balance. And I, you know, my skill set, knowing who I am in the workplace or even in a home as being an empathizer and just really being a great read of people, I, I definitely give the credit to that, to the Holy Spirit and watching people, I believe that is something that can be done and should be done without the tag or the title work wife or work husband that you hear sometimes like, no, no, that's not what this is. We're truly, I don't think a lot of people know how to be friends of the opposite sex in the workplace and honestly tell someone, listen, you know, this, have you considered this this way um, without it just depends on on that work environment, but it's very important. It's so important to anything getting done that needs to be 
And I have, with my experience, uh, for me, I've seen that people respect me more and appreciate me more by just saying, listen, have you thought about this or take a look at this? But the, the, the men that would see me as a threat or see me as, um, quote unquote, a troublemaker, um, they wanted me out of their offices because it's like, you know, when you, you know, there's going to be a mutiny. There's going to be a change. You know, you're coming in here and you're changing things. These women are taking a look now and they're recognizing, realizing that they have a different uh, voice and that they can speak it up. They don't have to be bullied. They don't have to be um, intimidated in any way. And they are, and they didn't recognize it. But I just, I, my prayer for women in the workplace is that they go into whatever whatever work that they're in and they recognize and realize that they're there on purpose and that they matter. Well, one other thing too is what's really been interesting is in today's world, a lot of times when we get resumes for jobs, because so many names are becoming almost androgynous, we don't even know a lot of time if it's a man or a woman applying. And I love that because I love the opportunity. Just look at the skill set, look at the background. To me, I don't look at whether or not it's a man or a woman. I look at the qualifications. Mm-hmm. And that's very important as well. Qualifications, you know, um, the, the level of determination, um, of course, in the Bible, it says study to show thyself approved, the work who not need, if not be ashamed, but how much time, um, are you dedicating even today to still growing and learning? I think that's super important in any place today. What are you reading right now? Are you reading? Um, what are you doing to choose to better yourself so that you are even the more better for every area that you live and walk in every day. Super important. Those those are the things I think that we're missing somewhat right now. I think that, you know, we're, we're living in this age of entitlement a lot and people don't, it's all about what can you give me instead of what can I give the company? When I used to apply for a job, my first thought was, what can I bring this company that's going to make it better? What can I do for this company that's going to make them more successful? People don't see that same way today. They, what they, they do, they, the people that come in to me for employment, the, the, the first questions that they ask are, what are the benefits? What are the vacation? You know, what, what, how much sick time do I get? Those kinds of, that's what they want to know. There's nothing about what they can do for me. And that's really the first thing that I look at, because then you're, you're not going to be working for me. If those are the first things that you're interested in. I that's want somebody, exactly right. Yeah. I want somebody who, who male or female, doesn't matter who, who is interested in making us all grow together because we all benefit that way. And and I have that program set up in my business where the people that that work for me can benefit from our growth. So I if I make more money, they make more money. And that is, you know, what what's important to me. It's what's important to them because they can see the results of their efforts. So I think that we have to somehow mentor the younger generation because they're certainly not learning it in school for the most part 
And a lot of them are not learning it at home. We have a lot of broken homes and we we don't have those that team effort in raising kids. You know, listen, men have a lot to offer to children. And you know, it's where maybe I would be the 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 mom saying, um, oh, don't do that. Don't don't go climb that tree or don't do that. Uh the 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 husband is gonna be saying, get over there and and try it and and do it and make it happen. <laughs> and that it's hugely beneficial to to kids to have that influence of um going for it, you know. Um, that's right. Jumping out there, having taken a risk. And I, I don't know, yeah, maybe, Linda, maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons why I am the way that I am, because I my dad, you know, was like, jump, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that risk. And and exactly. if it doesn't work, then then do something different. But um, yeah, I want I can I want, say I, I, want I have to, see to say that this. spirit back. I have to say this. I, I had um, in my last experience of, of working um, in corporate, I, I had a, a, sale, a senior sales manager say this to me, very dominant man, very um, stature. Um, he said, don't you feel like a failure? And I looked at him and I was so grateful and so thankful for absolutely everything that my father, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, my aunts, my mentors, everyone who's ever taught me the entire time that I have gone and taken risks on jobs, workplaces. I said, no, I don't feel like a failure. A failure is someone who remains in a fallen state. As long as I'm trying, if I miss it the first time, if I get back up and I clean myself off and I try again, I am not a failure and no one gets to label me as that. How many people are hearing that and dealing with that in their workplaces and going home feeling like failures? How many women are feeling like failures, feeling inept, feeling invisible, feeling dumb or stupid or less than because someone used the word failure over them and they don't understand that? Just get back up. Just get back up and continue to try, you know, and I think you can even apply that across so many people. I think um, my grandfather told my dad, I wouldn't pay for a daughter to go to college. I would only pay for a son to go to college. And thank goodness my dad didn't listen to him because I have, have had a great outcome as a result of an incredible education. And to your point, a lot of this is just about being willing to take the risk, to understand that our best self comes out of opportunity, comes out of learning, comes out of knowing that it's okay to fail. In Lee Iacocco, if you read his book, he talked about it was failure that taught him his greatest success. Wow. That's amazing. Exactly. And, and you hear words like that. People use words like that sometimes to hinder you, to halt you, you know, but yeah, um, I think, was it Dr. John Maxwell that wrote a book called Failing Forward? You know, there's so many things that that have still yet to be done. And Linda, much to you, what you're saying, we need to be in a better position of mentoring women 
and saying to them, no matter what age they are going out into the workplace or on their own businesses, imagine that. Imagine starting your own business and being gung-ho with it and expecting something to happen before the, what is the gestation, five years, six years before you begin to see a, see a profit turn, begin to see things. Um, you know, having people encourage you and mentor you along the way is so important. So absolutely important. I'm blessed to have women like you, Linda. Um, and now I met Miss Miss Barbara and just people who would say, you know what, you just get back in there and keep moving with it. And that gives me the strength as a pastor, as as a woman of as a missionary to say to other women, listen, just get back up, get back in it, um, and you can do this. I believe in you. I believe in you. And I believe in that. And I do want to say this. I still believe that no matter what company you are working with and working for representing, it is so important to know the mission and the vision of that company, where they began, why they thought that this would even work and what have they been doing from that. Many people don't even know that. They don't even know the mission, and the vision of the companies that they're working for. Sometimes okay, executives goes, go- don't know it. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the scary part. Yeah. Right? Well, I think it goes back to to what we were talking about that that people are all about me. A lot of them, and and we need to get kind of back to that that team effort. And but in the team effort, it has to be that everybody makes the effort. The other thing that I, I want to see. Um, not happen anymore, hopefully, is that women don't get so gung-ho in the marketplace and in the workplace that that they are cowering men. Because uh, I have a friend who works for a major studio, television studio, and for the last couple of years at their Christmas parties, there's men on one side of the room and women on the other because the men are so afraid to interact with the women because every time, you know, they, they might tell a, a, a joke or somebody, t- everybody takes everything wrong anymore, right? So it, it would be, they would be accused of sexual harassment or of uh, uh, telling an off-color joke, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they're so afraid anymore of getting called into HR and getting disciplined that, that you know, I mean, women have gone overboard too, in the marketplace, I think that we need to have a good balance here and use our heads and some common sense. I used to love uh, where I worked. The it was that people were very off color in their jokes, and but it was funny all day long, and I I had a great time with it. But now you could never talk any of those ways anymore, and I'm not saying that it was all correct. Uh, but I'm saying that we've gone too far the other way where you can't even relax in the workplace in some places anymore because men or women have uh, such a stiff attitude about everything. It's not doesn't make it fun. So I'd like to see everything kind of calm down in all kinds of ways and, and let us enjoy going to work again. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't go back to work, to be honest with you, after COVID and after the shutdowns, people... They didn't want to go back to offices. They don't want to work with other people because, because we have separated ourselves in such a way 
uh, as we're always pointing fingers at each other. And I, I don't like that. And I, I'm hoping that we can get back to, you know, having those wonderful corporate offices that we had in the past where everybody's not working out of home and everybody's learning and enjoying from each other and, you know, sharing information. I, I, I really like that. I, I like that. I love the fact that that workplaces can definitely work together and um, everybody get along. And um, I tell you one thing I didn't like in, in working in, in corporate America was when the leaders referred to us all, quote unquote, as family. Um, for me, my whole thing was, wait a minute. I don't know if your family was like my family. You know, um, we didn't all come from the same kind of family backgrounds. Um, we may be definitely be associates and we hopefully are eventually going to become friends. But a family is a is a strong word um, for people who didn't necessarily come up in a, a good, healthy family environment. Um, I just love people. I like to be able to get to know people, male or female. Um, and how's your wife? How are your children? Just, you know, just nice conversation, respectful conversation now. And I, I don't put up with, and I would not put it with in the workplace, someone calling me girl, Hey girl, Hey little girl. Um, or especially when I just got there and I'm just coming to the job and I have a name tag on, um, me, I'm wondering, are you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to condition me? Are you trying to get me in a position of, me calling you by your name, but you calling me by girl or little girl. That's a big, you know, it's a big thing, Linda, with women of color. We don't like to be called girls. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking with both of you. And, and I agree. I think I, I really love the idea of a world where we could just all enjoy each other. Yes. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.